Welcome to Ease, the entertainment and showbiz experiences podcast. It's all things entertainment based, how to get into it and how to develop it into something once you are ready to move on. All the information people didn't tell you, forgot to tell you, or were too busy to tell you, all told through personal experiences. On this week's episode, artistic director Angela Motti tells me what it takes to run a successful dance studio for 37 years. She also shares a couple of secrets about the November Sleeping Beauty performance with her Fort Lauderdale Children's Ballet Theater, and she gets top five advice to becoming a teacher as well as starting to dance as a teen. Listen to this week's one-on-one with Miss Angela. Okay, welcome, Miss Angela. How are you? I'm terrific, TJ. How are you today? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Full disclosure, I'm calling you Miss Angela because you are my teacher, my dance teacher when I was growing up. Um, Tell me a little bit about the studio and what you're doing now with the studio. Well, right now, we are celebrating our 37th year um, teaching dance to the community in Fort Lauderdale. And we are really revamping what we're doing and we're you know, creating this great team, which of course you are a part of, and um, it's very, very exciting. Again, it's really looking at where we want to go and giving our clients and the children and the adults that come to the studio um, the best possible experience that we can give them. So that's kind of where we're at, and I'm always rethinking it, and I'm always looking at how we can do better and it's really about creating the best team you possibly can have. Absolutely. 37 years. I can't believe it's been that long. That's crazy. Me too. It is crazy. It goes by um, like summer vacation. And especially, <laughs> especially if it's something that you are passionate about, um, sure. uh, it goes by really, really fast. Yeah, absolutely. So um, so you have the studio, 37 years. What, at what what made you think I wanted to start dancing? What did you get to, what did you get into when you were younger? Did you take dance classes? Did your parents pushing you to do things? What, what got you into the entertainment business? My mom brought me to dance class when I was three years old. Um, in my family, I had lots of boy cousins and there weren't a lot of girls around. So she thought it would be a great way for me to meet little girls my age. And um, I've been dancing ever since. So I've been dancing now for oh, about 61 years. And I really can't remember a time that I didn't dance and um, was nurtured by all of my teachers that were just really wonderful, wonderful people. So I was very fortunate. Um, You know, whether it was Miss Madeline or Miss Anne or Miss Dorothy, um, Miss Dorothy Inderlead, she's one of my teachers that was like Miss Showbiz. I mean, she would wear, you know, furs and have false eyelashes on, you know, on it. She always looked like a movie actress and she was just, she was a hoot. And she was really all about show business. And then, um, I got involved in Garden State Ballet um, with Mr. Fred Daniele, and who really, you know, pre-dated uh, um, Edward Valella um, mm-hmm. being a dancer at New York City Ballet. He danced all of those roles, like Prodigal Son, that um, Mr. Valella later danced. But Mr. Daniele was one of my teachers, and so was um, Madame Darvash, who took a liking to me 
and really taught me so much. And I am so thankful for for that and uh, and for her. She's and she's still teaching today. God bless her. Wow, I remember you talking about her a, a lot um, growing up, which was yes. it's fun to hear about her. So this was where did you train for all of this? New York, Jersey. Uh, you know, Jersey was really where my training started as a youngster and also Garden State Ballet mm-hmm. um, in Newark, New Jersey. And so that's where my early training training was. Um, and, you know, when I got older in high school, I really wasn't thinking that I was going to pursue dancing at all. I was really loved school, loved academics. And, you know, I really wanted to be an attorney and study law. I really loved that, the idea of it. Um, but um, as fate would have it, I broke my foot and I wasn't able to dance for a while. Mm-hmm. And I was miserable. Yeah. <laughs> so I really discovered that how much dancing was a part of who I was as a person. And um, at that point in time, I decided that I would pursue a dance career um, by way of going to college. I mean, my parents just didn't want me not to go to college. Um, You know, gifted academically, and if I was going to dance, it needed to be in a college setting. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so I I did, I you know, I went to Butler University for a semester, and um, I... It was great. I mean, I had wonderful teachers there. Um, Mr. George Verdak, who is the former member of the Ballet Russe de Monte Carlo, yeah. was on faculty there. He he cast me in Cinderella as the lead my freshman year for a semester, um, took me under his wing, and I was just really you know, fortunate to have our paths crossed because he taught me an awful lot as a dancer so you um you mentioned going to school and i know this is something that i battle with a lot people ask me so did you go to your school do you have your degree what's your stance on school versus taking classes either new york la chicago any of those outlets are all over the world i always wanted to do both i mean eventually you know when i left butler you know, I did dance in, in New York and I studied at ABT. I was always drawn to academics. And I think academics are extremely important. And I think that the college experience is extremely important for a young person because they become young adults. And I really feel that New York will eat you up alive if you are not well-trained and mature enough to handle the situation. So I always emphasize academics and college to my students because those four years go by very, very fast. And once you have them, no one can ever take that away from you. Education, I just think is is really, really important um, for everybody. Yeah, you know, when I was when I was younger, College programs were not what they are today. Absolutely, and, yeah, they're really evolving. Yeah, yeah, and it's a it's a real different ball game now. And I just think that 
education is important. And those years are important in becoming a young adult and being able to be successful in the entertainment business. Sure. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I was, as I'm talking to people, I'm realizing, um, we're discussing college versus uh, dancing and you uh, did the thought process of getting growing up in those four years is, is a big topic of discussion. And it's very true. Even when I look back on my experiences, when I went to college, I grew up so much in those four years, but I still was exposed to really great dance and different things that I, I maybe would have missed out on if I didn't go to college that, they because I went to school they gave me those things they say here there's here's other options for you if you want to pursue them so I agree totally about that yeah and you're a different dancer because you're educated right Mm -hmm. you know and um you know even after like I was in New York and I danced I you know I went to Rutgers and I graduated from Rutgers because I needed to I you know I think as artists you're curious you have a need for knowledge, and I think that it's important to to develop that. And it, it, no one can ever take that away from you. And I think that it's um, it really informs who college teaches you how to think mm-hmm. and how to figure things out. Period. No matter what you do in life. So I think that the experience is invaluable. And anyone that doesn't go to college and just wants to dance those days are gone mm-hmm. and th- then they have transitional problems later on if they get injured and they don't have a degree and then they want to go back it's harder when you're older and you want to go to college um you know get it done while your parents are helping you if you if you can you know that's that's the, that's the main thing yeah and like you hit the nail on the head things like getting injured and you said you broke your foot right Yes, yes, I broke my foot. Mm-hmm. So yeah. After you broke your foot, what what was your mindset? Were you like, now I'm going to try to be a lawyer? Were you panicking? Were you like, I'm going to get through this? What were you thinking and to get you well, into the next step? I got injured and that made me think that I wanted to dance oh, professionally. Okay. So so I was really thinking about being an attorney before I got injured. Ah. So... Um, But I think that, you know, I think injuries are very interesting. I think that sometimes when we get injured or we find that we have a physical limitation, it kind of pushes us where we need to be as far as destiny needing us. Even when I was at Rutgers, I was always getting pulled back into dance. I was Mm -hmm. always taking class. I was always being pulled back in to teach. So I never really stopped. Yeah. You know. That's yeah. interesting. Usually it's the reverse, you know, like you said, you had that injury and it kind of pulled you back in when sometimes a majority of the times you hear people get that they have the injury and it kind of pulls them away and they kind of get into that, that yes. mindset where they get depressed and they, they feel like they're not going to be able to perform anymore. And yours was on the opposite end of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. exactly. So at what point transitioning from performing, being on stage, being in the theater, at what point did you say you wanted to try something new? You wanted to explore other options and what were those options for you? Well, I think that what happened was that when I moved down here- To South Florida, right? To South Florida, right. Mm -hmm. I moved to South Florida, I was still, you know, I was still dancing, but 
it was there wasn't a lot around and I would have to travel from Fort Lauderdale to Miami to find some, you know, really good dance classes to dance at the level that I was used to dancing. You know, I, I liked performing. I loved rehearsal, but I loved being in class. I mean, I love learning. I mean, that's where I really, I really loved learning. I mean, I love performing. It's that learning thing, you know, that really, that really got me. So, so anyway, when I came down here, there was really, I thought a need to create a school mm-hmm. and, um, you know, create, and, 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 you know, 30 some odd years ago, Fort Lauderdale dance wise is not what it is now. Sure. And um, so I gave it a go. You're right. Even the past 10, 20 years, Fort Lauderdale has really evolved into this new mecca of entertainment and performances yes. and stuff. So yes. You... Even when I came here, Miami City Valley was not around. Oh, who were you taking class with That's... down there then? Um, Freddie Bratcher. Oh. I even forget where, but Freddie Bratcher comes to mind. There wasn't a whole lot, TJ. I mean, Miami City Valley was not in existence oh then. It was gosh. really, when I tell you it was like, it was like the wild, wild west down here. There wasn't <laughs> a lot happening. There really wasn't a lot happening. Um, yeah, imagine that. So I there mean, was, it was a real need for yes people to teach and having great solid classes here yes 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 so it was really um you know serendipity that i was at the right place at the right time and again destiny yeah. you know destiny your destiny meets you and it yeah. and so it really worked out well yeah so- uh, so you're thinking about starting this. You're down in South Florida. You're, you're thinking about starting a dance school. At any point in your life, did you think that you were going to be a teacher or a mentor to people? Was that ever, did those thoughts ever cross your mind? No. 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 I mean, I love teaching, but I never thought, if you were to tell my 19-year-old self that I would be living in South Florida teaching at a dance teaching at my school, a dance school, it was the furthest thing away from my mind. I mean, I I couldn't have imagined it. Yeah, and that's kind of, um, I think that that's something that I'm uh, realizing as well, is that you're right, it's destiny. Sometimes you venture away from it, but uh, you want to pass on all your information and inherently you then turn into a teacher. Um, And it sometimes is just just destiny and you just do it. So that makes all the sense. And I think, too, that like when I look at all of my past experiences, whether whether they were life experiences or educational, it really prepared me well for what I'm doing now. I mean, I was also working for my dad as his bookkeeper and I was an art history major. So I understand art and line and and dynamics. And, and I was a communications major. So hopefully I know how to speak to people and how they process information. So all of that really prepared me for what I'm doing. And, you know, and, and that really was all by accident. Absolutely. It was none of it. Culminating together. Yes, exactly. TJ. Exactly. 
Now, what tools do you think when you were a dancer growing up and being inside of so immersed inside the entertainment industry, what tools do you think you use now that you learned back then? I think that taking class and and giving class are really two different things. Mm -hmm. So I think that remembering what it was like being a student and having difficulty with some things and then understanding, trying to remember how, what that felt like allows me, I hope to be a better teacher, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Because you, you've been in those shoes. You've, you've, you know how it feels to have that scenario happen and you know how to fix it and give the best information right. possible. Yes. Yes. Some and even when, yes. And even when I'm sorry, even when I was, I made a transition into garden state ballet, um, which was a, a different tier of a dance studio than where I was from. Um, I, I had some bad habits and I had to retrain my body to learn to do things technically, uh, correctly and, and technically more proficient. And I think that really was, um, a, an experience that really informs me as a teacher today. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you are 37 years with Dance Dimensions. Um, yes. You have seen a bazillion students come through the studio. I being one of them, uh, I started, yeah. I mean, my destiny was, I just basically said to my mom, I want to start dancing. We drove down the street when you were in the, the old place down on, what was that, McNabb? Cypress Creek, 62nd? Yeah, 62nd Street, yeah. Mm -hmm. Drove down the street. We, I said, I want to dance. We turn right into the plaza, and the sign says, we've moved. <laughs> so then <laughs> I, <laughs> so my mom's like, are you sure? And I was like, yes. So we drive to the new location right over there off of Dixie, and then we sign up, yeah. and I become huh. part of a class. I mean, 13, 14, 15 of us in the class. And we go from, I was 10 and I graduated all the way through till I was 18. So about eight years. And, you know, some people stay and some people go. And, but we were together for a whole bunch of us for eight years. What, what are you seeing in the 37 years as dance is progressing through teaching? What are you noticing are really big trends that are coming through for kids these days? You know, kids are basically the same. I mean, they're open, they're enthusiastic, they want to learn. Um, I think that, you know, children over the, you know, past couple of decades have been, are becoming a little bit less physically active. Mm -hmm. So things that your generation of dancers did naturally, whether it was skipping, um, basic coordination um, is not always the case nowadays. So mm -hmm. it's not unusual for me to have to teach um, a seven-year-old perhaps how to skip sure. because they're not, they're not, they're not playing outside the way that perhaps you did. Um, and they're not as physically active as perhaps dancers from your generation. So that is one of the things that teaching those basic gross motor skills mm -hmm. um, in class 
versus kids coming to class with that already. Um, and then just like a lot of um, inflexible, you know, inflexibility issues mm -hmm. um, because with feet, because they're not walking as much as they used to. And just that action of walking is really healthy for feet. So um, yeah, a little in inflexibility. Um, but that, that and, and focusing and focusing would be the other thing. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you have this knack for teaching. I mean, anybody, they could be four years old or 45 years old or even older than that. You have this knack of like one class in they're then focused and they can, you know, chasse and they can do all of the steps that they need to in one class. You know, you just always have had that knack with kids and performers in general when you're teaching. Thanks, teachers. Of course. Thanks. So you have the studio in South Florida, but there's also a special project, a special company that's attached to the studio. Tell yes. us a little bit about it. Um, it's the Fort Lauderdale Children's Ballet Theater. Um, it's a non-profit organization, and we are going into our 36th year doing our CBT produ productions. And... And basically, um, we produce a full-length ballet um, for children, danced entirely by children. And we perform at the Broward Center for the Performing Arts. And um, it's a huge undertaking. We do it all in about nine weeks. So it's very intense. And it's, you know, it's, it's a, one of the joys of my life. I mean, I really enjoy watching everybody grow through that process. What happens uh, on that stage is really transformative and really, you know, fills me with so much joy. What have been some true highlights for you in the 36 years of CBT? I, I think that, you know, some of the highlights are, you know, looking at that first production um, when we did Papalia many years ago and how it's still beautiful, um, you know, highlights are the wonderful people and the friendships that I've made um, through that organization and uh, the great people that I've met um, that have enriched my life. And, uh, and also the kids. The kids are really terrific. I, we really tried to have them be their authentic self mm -hmm. and do because the lead sometimes can be shared by, you know, three or four dancers and it's, they, they are not competitive with each other. They're extremely supportive and encouraging with each other. And to see each dancer be comfortable with where they are presenting themselves and how artistically is extremely rewarding. And um, it's really transformative, and I'm, I'm very proud of them. So it's, it's the people you meet, I, I think, that have, um, you know, the people that you meet that come in and out of your life and uh, that dance with you. And then their children dance with you, and then you've got another generation. And it's really, it's really quite, quite um, almost an overwhelming thing. It really has that buzz that you're doing something important and the kids are, the students are always right behind it. Yes, yes. So and you're, also go ahead. Their, their parents are um, an integral part. You know, the, the volunteers that we have for the project, um, you know, 
whether it's, you know, you know, Miss Linda, mm-hmm. um, our wonderful Miss Cheryl, um, mm-hmm. you know, your, um, your mom, um, who's, you know, really, really involved in it, as well as the parents volunteering, we could not launch that project by ourselves. It is impossible. So we rely heavily upon our volunteers. And, and for them, I'm eternally grateful. Yeah, and like you said, it's it's a it's a nonprofit. So we, the, all these people are doing it out of the kindness of their heart because they know how much this means for their their kids or their kids' kids or the joy that it brings to the community. So yeah, it's a great. Um, I've loved performing in it. I love seeing it. I love everything about the ballet. I think it's it's a strong, strong, strong company. Has it historically been three ballets all the time? Um, no, the first, the first ballet we did was Capella, mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, that was the first professional ballet that I ever saw. Oh, um, okay. and, and I loved it. And I thought it was funny. I thought that the story was really clear to understand. I thought the music was beautiful. And, um, so, so we, we did Capella first and, I really didn't know what what we were doing as far as we were going to repeat it. I mean, I had no idea. Sure. I mean, you know, I, it was it was how we launched that thanks to Sandy Melillo. I mean, she's the one that created the balcony for us yeah. because I didn't know what I was doing. So, um, you know, and it's it was a miracle that it came together. And, um, and then, then we did the following year, we did sleeping beauty. And then we did, um, the following year after that Cinderella, but those ballets in the early stages, you know, they were kind of like labs, like we were working it out and how do we tell the story better? And, you know, we experimented a lot, um, because we try to get the ballet told in about an hour and 20 minutes, an Mm -hmm. hour and a half. So, um, because our audiences are so young, but, um, yeah, no, it really, we, I didn't have any idea what we were doing at some points. I mean, we were just putting one foot ahead of the other and putting on a show and not all of it was good, TJ. Some of it was, some of it was stinky. (laughs) But we, we all learn from our stinky moments, right? Yeah, yeah, but I had some real stinkers. I mean, there were really bad choices that I made. But, you know, once you see it, you can correct it, you know, and and fix it. But it it took a long time for us to, um, you know, to launch what we have today is, is, is the result of much experimentation, even when you were part of the ballet. Sure. Um, What he noticed about the ballet is it's down to a science now. There's there's definitely, you can see all the fixes and you can see all the the massaging that happens within the the show, but I feel like it's always been this, not a machine, it's kind of been running and and it's been so smooth. Even since when I was in, that was probably what, 20 years ago? It's just so yes. it's always been such a smooth process. So I know that these well, kids are getting, yeah. you know, great training from that. Thank you. Thank you, TJ. But that's that's kind of like um you know, it's kind of like a facade. Um there every year is different. Yeah. And there's always there's always the challenge. But but my staff, you know, I've got great teachers that are also coaching um the cast. 
And um, so there are some times that there's difficulties and problem solving, but we never let it show, you know? So again, we are performing just as much as the performers are, but you know, it, it, it's not always an easy go every year. You talk about coaching. What um, benefits do you see that the kids or the students have in the ballet being coached so heavily? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that what they learn is that they're learning to tell a story. Mm-hmm. And so it's just not the step and it's just not the little dance that they do, but it is reacting and acting on stage. And it is telling a story without saying a word, which I think they find enchanting. And I think that they find it magical. And that is really what kind of gets them hooked into ballet. It's like, wow, um, it's just not only tendus and plies and doing bar work. Yes, that is extremely important, but it is, um, it is telling the story and being part of the story. Yeah, no, of course. Yeah, there really is a big appeal seeing when you see ballet verse on stage versus seeing ballet in class. There's a regimented in class bar yes. work, center work. You yes. know, we kind of is, we know how it's going to go, but then when you see the magic and the enchantingness that you on stage, it really kind of changes your your uh, viewpoints on ballet, for sure. Yeah, and then the younger ones get a chance to watch the older dancers when we have our act rehearsals. And, you know, they're just, they bought into the story. Their jaws are open, they're they're full of wonder. And I just think that it feeds them in a way that they wouldn't be able to be um, inspired um, if they were just doing class and doing a performance at the end of the spring at the end of the spring. It's that they look at people and they say, wow, look at her or look at him. I bet I could do that if I work really hard. So I think they find it inspiring as well. Yes, so, okay. Top five things, advice you would give somebody walking into the dance studio. They say, hey, I'm gonna take class. What do I need to know about taking class? Um. I, how old is this person that's walked in? Sure. Say they're going to come in. They're, they're 14, 15. Okay. Have they danced before? Recreationally, they're good mover. Okay. Okay, great. So the first thing I would say is that we've got to get you into ballet class. Ballet. Um, yeah. I would say they've got to take ballet class. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, take as and then explore as many other dance forms as we pos- as you possibly can take whether it's um modern okay contemporary jazz tap you know take it all and there it's going to really help you develop and i think the other thing is you know um you know making them feel safe and mm-hmm. nurtured um because i think that dancing can be a very vulnerable thing and i think that making people know that they're going to be cared for while they're with you is important um 
I would want them to be healthy and, you know, um, keep their body healthy. So I wouldn't want them to do things that they're technically not strong enough to do. Mm -hmm. Um, I would want them to, um, you know, have, and with that health, be able to dance for as long as they would like. Um, And I would also like them to always be connected to the happiness that dancing brings them. Ah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that was five, TJ. No, yeah, no, totally. Absolutely. And you bring up a good point because there is a happiness, there's a joy that dance brings you in your life. And you really hope that as a dancer, you can get that into your system for sure. Okay, one more top five. You're somebody is going wants to be a teacher they're a performer and they want to transition to be a teacher what top five things do you tell them they should know okay so they're they want to be a teacher do they want to be a studio owner or just a teacher tj let's just say a teacher for now okay like when you go on an interview Mm -hmm. for a teaching job make sure that you are interviewing the person that is in charge of the school mm-hmm. as much as they are interviewing you. Ah, so find a good fit. Yeah, find a good fit. I, the second thing is that I usually recommend that teachers do sub work. Sure. And get a feel for the, the schools in the area that they're going to be around mm-hmm. and decide it's kind of like dating. You know, (laughs) you know, date and then figure out where you want to make the commitment. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So that would be my, you know, second thing. If you could sub a bit Mm -hmm. um, just to see what's around, Um, because when you have to teach somewhere and you make a commitment to teach for a year, um, it could be a very long year for both people if it's not a good fit. Right. Um, I would, you know. I would also tell them to find a teacher that's going to spend time mentoring them. Oh yeah. And that's just not going to say, listen, you're going to be teaching this class on Monday at four o'clock. See ya. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is there a syllabus? What kind of standards are there? Um, is there continuing education? Mm-hmm. Uh that kind of thing. What is the, and the other thing is what is the philosophy of the studio? Uh, Does it, does it jive with your, with your personal philosophy? Now it doesn't always have to, but it's good to know what the environment is that you're going to be stepping into. Right. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. And then the other thing is, you know, um, how about the other people that are teaching there? Are you going to have, is there going to be a lot of sharing, um, or is, is the camaraderie going to be there? Um, that kind of thing. And, and how important is that to you? So, um, yeah, teaching is, is very interesting, but having a good fit, checking out the environment and just making sure that the person that you're going to be teaching for has a good staff, mm-hmm. um, has the staff been there long term? Um, and what the other part of it too is what kind of business setup does the school have? Is there enough administrative people there 
to make things go smoothly. Right. And because if that is not taken care of, it will create a stressful environment. And you definitely do not want to be teaching for someone that's on under a lot of stress and in a stressful environment for yourself. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, no, it makes it makes total sense. I think that finding the perfect fit, you're right, is, you know, we we teach so much and we teach here and there. I teach here and there sometimes and it's really just, you're right, if you're going to slow down, you want to make sure it's the right fit for you because you're going to be doing it, you know, nine months, ten months, the whole season. So it better be a yes. good fit from, from then on. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. All right, Miss Angela, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate all of your stories and your insight and everything. Oh, well, it's been a pleasure, TJ, and I wish you so much um, uh, luck uh, on this new project. It's very, very exciting. And if there's anything else I can do for you, you let me know. Yay. Thank you so much. Okay. Love you, TJ. Love you too. Bye. Thanks for joining in on the conversation. To view additional content, follow E's podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Be sure to subscribe and leave comments on the episode wherever this podcast can be found. See you next week.